welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Kim Bohorquez. Utah lawmakers have three days left to pass any legislation they'd like to send to Governor Spencer Cox this year. The general session will officially end Friday night, but it is still unclear if lawmakers will call themselves into a special session later this spring. Today, the legislator is gearing up to pass major parts of the state budget and still have talks about medical cannabis, the inland port, water management, and elections on the calendar. Now I'd like to turn to Managing Editor Grant Burningham for part of his conversation with State Senator Derek Kitchen. The Salt Lake City Democrat discusses how the session has gone so far and what it's like to try to pass laws as a member of Utah's minority party. So with us now to talk about how the session is going is Senator Derek Kitchen. Senator, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So let's just start from the top. The view from the minority party. How are things going on the Hill? Well, I appreciate the question. You know, it's um, the legislative session always uh, gives us a, a hard time, given the fact that we occupy such a, a minority position. And so in, in order for us to get anything done, we really need to make sure that we're doing it with the majority party um, hand in hand. Right. Um, I will say, however, things sort of kicked off this legislative session a, a little rocky. The first two weeks were were tough for us. I'll, I'll be totally honest. Um, I, you know, we were still dealing with the, the surge of Omicron issues relating to masking um, and how to best manage testing and, and all of that with the legislators. Obviously, we were shocked with uh, Senator Karen Maine's illness um, early in the session. And, you know, she not being here has certainly left big shoes to fill. Um, and Senator Maine was diagnosed with cancer early in the session. Yeah. So she was diagnosed with cancer and there's only six of us in the Senate Democrats out of 29. And so when you lose one and we're down to five, that was a, a big blow to our, our power, our, our small minority power, right? Having one seat not occupied. Certainly we felt that void in leadership in the Democratic Minority Caucus and Senator Reby and I certainly did what we could to try and fill her shoes. You know, we wanted to make sure that, you know, either Kathleen Reby or myself, uh, we were able to join in on the budgetary conversations and uh, engage in leadership. And, and that didn't really work out too well. In fact, she and I were both pulled off of committees. And then also there was another bill floated by Senator Andrug that would have given every legislator uh, an assistant with the exception of Senator Reby and myself. And so, you know, it, that was really challenging for us, uh, certainly in the beginning of the session, because uh, we have so much work to do. You know, 45 days, it flies by and we have a $25 billion budget to manage, uh, you know, hundreds of bills that we need to debate and consider. And so, um, you know, it, it certainly started out a little rocky and then uh, it's eased up over the, the, you know, the interim. And um, now that we're at the final week, um, we're seeing some progress on some important issues and I'm feeling good overall, a little bruised, uh, like I mentioned, but feeling strong nonetheless. Having gone through a session like this, do you feel optimistic? Are you thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do this again next year? Like, what, is, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I appreciate the question. I love this work. I like policymaking. It's a process for sure. And that is a little clunky at times, but you know, the process works when we follow the process. Um, and so I enjoy this a lot. Um, and so I'm certainly looking forward to next year. Although after this session, I'm going to take a nap before I, I think too hard about next legislative session, because um, I'm certainly uh, tired after 45 days. Um, but yeah, I, I'm feeling optimistic in one regard, which is, you know, things like the Great Salt Lake, 
you know, this has long been an issue that's been important to my constituents and in my community. And I feel good because it seems like the Republicans have taken this as an issue as well. And so we've been able to keep this uh, out of the partisan sort of wrangling and, uh, you know, people from both sides, both Democrats and Republicans have come together on the Great Salt Lake. And I think we've made some good progress. I would say the same for air quality. You got to keep in mind a decade ago when Democrats started the Air Quality Caucus, the Clean Air Caucus, um, it didn't have a whole lot of Republicans, you know, and now it's chaired by a Republican. And so I, I feel optimistic that we're on the right side of the policy debate. And even though we may not win uh, year over year, we are building momentum uh, toward the policy objectives that Utahns by and large agree on. All right. I guess I'll ask uh, a, a final fun one. Um, any plans to go back on diners, drive-ins, and dives? I didn't know this till I perused your Wikipedia page. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if Guy Fieri invites me back, I'll certainly um, have a burger with him because he's a funny guy. And uh, I don't, you know, he was at my restaurant for about three days while we filmed, and I look back on those memories fondly and wish we could do it again. Um, but you know, he's a big he's a big celebrity, so it kind of made me feel cool to have him in my restaurant. Uh, I'd certainly love to go back on the show. All right, Senator Kitchen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Next, photo manager and Mormon Land podcast producer Chris Samuels talks about Latter-day Saints in Ukraine during the invasion. Chris, thanks for joining us. Um, wanted to reach thank out you. because you and Tamara did some reporting about members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints inside Ukraine, and they've provided an update of kind of what's going on. Could you fill us in? So we had talked to uh, eight different Latter-day Saints that were either currently living in Ukraine or had either just fled the country or had moved back to or moved to the United States in the years between violence in the country. It's really a mixed bag. Um, a lot of saints are staying um, and hunkering down, and there's been a lot of inter-church support that has been implemented, um, whether if that's members checking on others to help those that are less able to get to bomb shelters, providing emergency kits, uh, food and water supplies. Um, pretty, I would say, cohesive uh, cooperation within their, in their congregations and communities, as you would find in other churches around the world. What's next for the church in Ukraine? Does this change the way the church operates there? You know, it's a really good question, and we don't know yet. Um, in Russia, the ability for the Latter-day Saint Church to operate is much different than the rest of the world. Officially, there are no missionaries there. They're called volunteers. So proselyting is very limited. There's a lot of uh, more unspoken persecution. And when you ask Latter-day Saints there how they feel, some are obviously very worried and they're afraid for the future of the church. At the same time, others that we talk to are absolutely not afraid. And they have the determination and the confidence that there will not be a change in government. The church will continue to thrive and prosper in Ukraine, which it has done more than really any other Eastern European country. To read more on Chris and Tamara's story, check out sltrib.com. The Utah House on Tuesday voted to move forward with a measure that would limit media access to lawmakers in the Utah Capitol. The change in House rules prevents credentialed reporters from conducting interviews with lawmakers on the House floor unless they have permission from the House Speaker or Speaker's designee. If that sounds familiar, that's because the Utah Senate passed a similar rules change last month. Supporters of the change say it will establish clear guidelines for media access. 
Opponents say it will limit transparency to the public. And last night, President Joe Biden held his inaugural State of the Union address. To see how Utah's top politicians responded to the president's speech, see our story at sltrib.com. That's all for today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to The Daily Buzz and let your friends know about the podcast. You can find us all on your favorite podcast apps. Have a tip for the newsroom or want to reach out to The Daily Buzz? Send us an email at thedailybuzz.sltrib.com. I'd like to thank the Tribunes, Shoal Cardenas, for editing The Daily Buzz and local band, The Pelicans, for our music. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow.